Welcome to Lipid Luminations, presented by the National Lipid Association. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Brown. Today, our guest is Dr. Michael Davidson, clinical professor and director of preventative cardiology at the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine. He's also the executive director of Radium Research in Chicago and the current president of the National Lipid Association. Today, though, Michael is speaking to us in his capacity as president of the National Lipid Association, and he's going to talk to us about his perspective on current trends in lipidology, as well as the positioning of the National Lipid Association to deal with those trends and hopefully to help those of us in clinical practice. So, Michael, thanks again for uh, agreeing to speak with us today on Lipid Luminations. Thanks, Al. It's great to be here with you. So as one of the really fathers of the National Lipid Association, I know you were instrumental in the whole development of the organization. What was the void out there that made you think that we needed a National Lipid Association? And can you tell us a little bit about the organization for those listeners who may not be involved? The inspiration behind the National Lipid Association was to incorporate the entire medical care team, not just the physician, but also the nurse, the dietitian, the pharmacist, the exercise physiologist, to incorporate the entire team into comprehensive risk factor management for the patient, and also to develop professional development. That was very important in the initiation of the whole organization. So we developed a board certification exam for physicians for lipidology, a certification program for nurses and pharmacists, so that's been a key driver for this organization is to develop the whole healthcare team and professional development to make them a specialist in the area of clinical lipidology. So what did you think, Michael, was the need for such an organization? I mean, we had lots of people out there doing lipid education, and as you know, we went through a period where every week there was a, a dinner program on lipids sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. What was your feeling about the void that would be filled by this organization? The big difference is that it was an organization built around out-in-practice professionals who wanted the whole broad experience of lipidology, not just drugs and how they work, but also the whole science behind dyslipidemia, genetic disorders, the issues about lifestyle changes and management how to improve patient adherence, all kinds of educational programs that went well beyond a specific drug to use to treat lipid disorders. And as I think everyone who's joined the organization has realized, there's a lot more to lipidology than just giving somebody a statin and calling it a day. And that's been, I think, the biggest eye-opener for anyone who comes to the National Lipid Association meeting is recognizing how much there really is to learn in this field and how much learning that information can be applied directly to patients and improving outcomes when it comes to cardiovascular disease. So I think our audience members who may not be involved in high levels of lipid management are probably envisioning a bunch of people with bad ties sitting around and talking about lipoprotein particles. You know, What would you say to them in terms of why it might be worth their while to consider joining the organization? I think understanding the science behind lipids is critical, but that's been a big focus of the organization is, is really applying you know, translational lipid biochemistry to practice, which it sounds like, a, like you said, a lipid geek term. But the more important aspects of it is that we have the integration of the whole team to look at the patient who's got low risk but might have some important modifiable lifestyle issues 
all the, the whole spectrum to somebody with advanced coronary disease in which a more intensive medical management can really make a big difference in their lifetime prognosis. So we really focus on patient care you know, more than anything else. And the science that we do teach is what we believe is the science to make that patient care better, understanding the disease process better. And what's been exciting about lipidology is there's been so much that's happened in the past 10 years. So many new studies, you know, so many new drugs that have come to market and, and many more coming to the market. This has been a very exciting field and a lot of passion behind how this science is incorporated into patient care. And that's what this organization is about. It's very dynamic. It has many diverse points of view. incorporates the entire professional team. And it's focused for people in practice, not, not just an academic group that wants to pontificate about you know, some esoteric topic, but really more hands-on practical information about how to manage lipids in your patients in your office. Well, I've been struck by the fact that there are some esoteric academic types, and they find themselves quite at home in the organization because of the deep interest in science. But there are also some who are just the average practitioners, like many of us who are out there, you know, taking care of patients. And though I've got a particular interest in lipids and many years of lipid management, I definitely learned a lot through the meetings and also the process of taking the board exam. But I wonder, what about the family practitioner or the internist who is interested but has a general practice? What would they expect if they come? Is there a role for them in terms of considering membership in the organization? Certainly. I think we have a lot of examples of where someone in family practice decided that they wanted to you know, change careers, become a lipidologist, and open up lipid clinics, and now do full-time lipidology. That's, that's one extreme. Uh, there's a lot more examples of clinicians in practice who just want to learn a lot more about treating lipids in their office because, as you recognize, such a large percent of patients who are coming to the office do have lipid disorders that need to be addressed in practice. And so we have that spectrum. We have a lot of cardiologists who are very interested in managing disease medically with uh, aggressive lipid treatment, and that's a, really a minority of the uh, membership, like you and me are cardiologists, but most of them are primary care physicians who really want to learn about lipids in a more comprehensive way. And I think you can talk to the 3,000 members out there, you know, 500 now board certified in lipidology, that this is an organization that can really help them every day in their practice. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that there's two types of usually sessions going on. The master's course, which is a very high-level, intense, and sort of board preparatory series of lectures. And then there's the basic course, which gives people pretty in-depth information on how to actually manage lipids in practice. I want to touch on something that you alluded to earlier, that this is a dynamic field. It's changing. It's been exciting because there's always something new on the horizon. And, and let me pick your brain for a minute about what you see coming down the pike in the next few years, and then maybe finish with a little bit about how you see the organization playing a role in the development of that science. I think that one of the most exciting areas is the area of trying to modify HDL, raise HDL. We have the CETP inhibitors, cholesterol transfer protein inhibitors, of which the first of the class was Procetropib, which unfortunately had increased mortality in, in the clinical trial and had to be stopped from development. But we've learned that that probably was an off-target effect, and there's two other CTP inhibitors, dalcetropib and anisetropib, that are now in later human trials. They'll be 
a few more years away from potential approval. But that target for raising HTL is still still alive and well in those two compounds and, and maybe others along the way. There's also a lot of interest in infusing HTL-like peptides acutely in people with acute coronary syndromes or other high-risk patients for cardiovascular disease. So looking at HDL and using that to reverse atherosclerosis is an exciting frontier. On the other end is the LDL cholesterol-lowering drugs for the severe affected patient, those with familial hypercholesterolemia who have very high LDL despite maximal therapy available today. And those patients you know, have LDL cholesterols of 200 despite everything we can throw at them. There's actually a lot of therapies in development. There's the antisense drugs, mipomersin, which is blocks the ApoB gene in the liver and reduces the production of, of ApoB lipoproteins, which is, leads to LDL. From the liver is also a lamidopine, an MTP inhibitor. Those are both being considered right soon by the FDA for severe heterozygote and homozygote familial hypercholesterolemia. Those are rare conditions but uh, they're going to need lipidologists to take care of them once these drugs are available, and that's exciting for the field. That These are complicated drugs, a lot of side effects, a lot of issues to deal with them, and they're going to need a specialist to better manage those particular drugs. Then the PCSK9 antibodies, just like rheumatologists and GI doctors are using antibodies for inflammatory diseases, we have antibodies on the horizon to lower LDL cholesterol. They look very promising. And so these biologic therapies in general will make the field, again, a dynamic one for those who are interested in that type of medicine. And I think for those who want to get engaged in lipidology, these future drugs are going to make the field a lot more interesting. You're going to be called upon much more in the community to be referred to to help deal with these patients that are at risk and, and how to use these drugs most effectively. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Brown, and joining me to discuss his perspective on the current trends in the field of lipidology, as well as the role of the National Lipid Association, is Dr. Michael Davidson, who's the current president of the National Lipid Association and clinical professor and director of preventative cardiology at the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine. So, Michael, with all the new things coming and your discussion of why it's going to be important that there are some lipid geeks out there to help these very difficult patients with severe genetic disorders, what kind of resources are available for the average Joe out there through the organization? So someone who just needs to find out some information or might have a patient with familial hypercholesterolemia and wants to understand the disease better and possibly provide some uh, patient information to the patient. Yes, I think one of the things you'll find on our website, you know, www.lipid.org, is our wealth of educational information, self-assessment programs, learning modules, slide presentations. Those are all available on our website, and they're, I think you'll find it one of the best resources out there for the field of lipidology. That's one thing that's available. The other is that we're launching a national campaign for FH, familial hypercholesterolemia, and we started that with a consensus statement recently, which will come out shortly, but we think there are a lot of people out there with FH that do not know they have FH. It's much more common, for example, than sickle cell disease, and yet it's not being addressed effectively in many patients, and so we want to get the word out that this is a very serious disease. 
associated with very high LDL cholesterol levels. It's autosomal dominant, so you're going to find it in about half of the primary family members. So screening of families, looking at children now and getting started earlier in treatment to make sure that the disease progression is stopped early in life. And that's a big campaign by the National Lip Association this year to really look at that very serious genetic disorder. And then we'll move on to other genetic disorders associated with heart disease in the near future. For example, very low HDL, which is also very common and not really being addressed fully by the clinical community. We're going to be advocates for the patients out there that have these rare but not uncommon conditions when it comes to what you see in practice, especially those with premature heart disease. And we can help you, the clinician, find these patients and then treat them more effectively with our materials, educational materials, and our different expert reports. What other opportunities are there for our listeners to maybe get involved with programs that the NLA is sponsoring? And if you were going to take a novice, a person who's never done anything with the NLA, what would you recommend they start with? One of the great, I think, visions of the organization was to have regional chapters. So there's five regional chapters, the Northeast, the Southeast, the Midwest, the Southeast and the Southwest and the Pacific. I think that's five or six chapters nationally. Those meetings are held throughout the year. So no matter where you live, we wanted somebody to be able to get to a meeting relatively easily. So you go on our website, you'll see where all the regional meetings are located. What I would recommend to anyone who wants to get involved with the NLA is go to one of their regional meetings and see what it's like. And I think you'll find the meetings very, very informative and practical. And then express an interest in getting involved on the board because the reason we wanted to have the multiple chapters is to bring it down to the grassroots and expand the board to include many of those in private practice or those in clinical practice that are interested in lipids. And so we can become a grassroots organization, which is intended the organization from the very beginning to incorporate not just the physician, but the entire medical team. You'll find on the board nurses and dietitians and pharmacists we try to make sure our, the president is not a physician all the time, but we rotate between a physician and non-physician, allied health professional, on a regular basis. So, again, uh, we're not meant to be a elitist organization of academics, but rather a organization of those on the front lines of managing lipids and preventing heart disease. So I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Michael H. Davidson, clinical professor and director of preventative cardiology at the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine, as well as the executive director of Radiant Research in Chicago. In addition, as mentioned, Dr. Davidson is currently the president of the National Lipid Association, and we're very grateful that he took the time to talk about the organization today. We hope you enjoyed the program.